Hello, I'm Laura, host of Not Quite Cold. Thank you again for joining me. In this episode, Velisca. I have my good friend Nick with me on again, and we are going to talk about the very famous Velisca Axe Murder House. What's that? You've never heard of it? Well, strap in because this story is wild. It is definitely paranormal, but also part true crime. Back on June 10th of 1912, the old white farmhouse of Joseph B. Moore and his wife, Sarah Moore, and their four children, Herman, who was 11, Catherine, who was 10, Boyd, who was seven, and Paul, who was five, were getting ready to go to their local Presbyterian church for Children's Day. It's a big celebration. I'm sure that uh, they had neighboring uh, pastors that came to preach. And I know for a fact that they had two good friends, the Cylinder Stillinger, excuse me, the Stillinger sisters, Lena, who was 12, and Ina, who was eight. They came to this Children's Day celebration and were invited by the Moore family to stay the night with them. The Stillinger family agreed that they would come and um, the girls could come back home the next day and off the family went back home. It was nighttime at that point in the story. And I'm sure that they get they got ready just like any family of four would typically get ready. They washed up, put on their pajamas, maybe ate a snack or two, and tucked in for the night. But what they didn't anticipate was being murdered horribly, horribly murdered. Who murdered them? That's part of the unknown. There is speculation that the family was murdered by a local reverend, and there was speculation that they were murdered by just a traveling hobo. It was also uh, said to be known that because Joseph Moore had some pull around the town and um, I believe he also had a little bit of money that some of the other men in town didn't quite like him or his family. I don't want to go into too many gruesome uh, details about how they were murdered but let's just say it was with an axe hence the name axe murder house uh the odd thing was was that they all had their faces covered with a cloth and the mirrors in all the rooms were also covered with a cloth now 
there's also uh, part of the stories where apparently you can still see the gouges in the ceiling of the house. Uh, I do not recall if we saw those or not while we were there. Um, and the person that did this they think that they were hiding in the attic when the family came home. We have to remember it was 1912. Although people still locked their doors, it probably wasn't as common as it is today. So who's to say that the family didn't keep their doors unlocked before heading off to the Children's Day celebration? If you want to know more about this tale or about possibly going to the house itself, be sure to go to VilliscaIowa.com. That's V-I-L-L-I-S-C-A-I-O-W-A. The family was unfortunately discovered the next day when the next door neighbor, Mary Peckham, realized that she hadn't seen the children to come out to do their daily chores and all the animals still acted as if they needed to be fed she ended up phoning Joseph Moore's uh, I believe it was his brother-in-law so it would have been Sarah's brother and together the family and a doctor and the sheriff and whoever else came to gawk tramped through the house once again i will repeat it was the 1912 so you know any little bit of evidence that they could have preserved it was pretty much gone maybe someday we will find out who did it, but since it's 2022, I'm going to guess that we will never know. But that's what kind of makes the rest of the story a bit creepier. So tuck in and enjoy the show. Hello, my dear friend, Nick. What do you want? <laughs> well, as I have already told our listeners, we plan on talking about the Velisca Axe Murder House, which uh, you drug me along to. <laughs> Did you just say that I drugged you? No, not drugged. You like dragged me, like, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it still sounds bad, but. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I dragged you in, but it, it was almost impossible just to get you inside. I know. <laughs> and I'm sure we will get to that. Um, I did already inform our listeners about uh, the history and who was murdered. Um, and yeah, so I suppose. Uh, I suppose like so first of all let's so when we pulled up to the um farm or house whatever you want to call it 
What were your first impressions about it? Uh, at first, it was kind of calm, but nerve wracking because we, you know, what what we'll expect, um, even not knowing what to expect. But it was just the whole thrill of just knowing the history. So I kind of had the, you know, like the butterflies in the stomach, but calm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that this was the first um, overnight, well, I shouldn't say just overnight, but like staying overnight, uh, which we ended up not doing, but uh, excursion for the paranormal lights team. Um, Yeah, or it being overnight, but none of us slept. Right. Yeah, we actually, I think we ended up leaving about four or five in the morning and headed back to Nebraska. I was about to crack a dawn. Yeah. 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 Um, Four hours to get there. And then the whole overnight investigation. And then we're like, you know what? Screw it. (laughs) Enough crazy things have happened. So we drove four hours back home. Yeah. Okay. So um, we, we all were hanging out. Well, first of all, I guess we should probably explain who was even who was even there. So it was myself, you, Nick, and um, several other people that we we are that are on our team. Um, well, there was, go ahead and explain who those were. Well, there was Ryan and Saren. Right. And then we had two guests that. I think one of them was Amy, but the other guy I can't even remember his name. Yeah, there was another gentleman that was with us. I I'm, I apologize, I don't remember his name as well. Um, and then, uh, we actually ended up going the day. So, Nick, you booked our team to go, and I think you just made like a like you just. I know that we had to pay, but I think it was just a generic okay we're just taking six people yeah the thing, day, right yes because the day that i booked it um is the it was the 99th year anniversary of the murders yeah that would make sense because um it happened on june 10th of mm-hmm. 1912 and so yeah it would have been i was gonna say it would have been probably towards the middle to the end of June, if I remember right, that we went, because it was pretty warm out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we had a, <clears throat> I got a phone call uh, sometime before our investigation started, or before we even got to travel out there, and we were, I was told that the homeowner of the Boliska house um, had passed away, and yeah. I had suggested to his wife um, that she's, you know, when I was talking with her and then her husband passed away and I said, well, Hey, you know, we can reschedule if you want. Um, You know, and I'm sorry for your loss. And she said, no, my husband Darwin wouldn't want this. Um, He would expect you guys to come out there and he wouldn't want you guys to stop. So I, I took her offer and, um, you know, took her words serious and to heart. And so we went in honor of Darwin um, to the investigation. 
then come to find out that when we got there, the one of the guys that lives next door um, who does the tours and stuff, uh, he was all sorts of, you know, nerve wrecked. And, you know, he just looked like he's just been through hell and back. Uh, he was at the funeral. So not only was this paranormal investigation booked for the Voliska X murder house, which was exciting. And it was the 99th year anniversary of the murders. It was also the night of Darwin's funeral. Yeah. I remember that um, because I believe it's a, it's a very small town. And if I remember right, um, almost everyone in town ended up basically closing shop that day and, and heading to the funeral and just kind of um, taking the day off because I remember us driving through town and thinking, wow, it's really quiet here. This is, <laughs> I mean, we're, we're kind of used to smaller towns um, being from Nebraska and that, but this was eerily quiet and just not really nothing going on. Yeah. It's when we were there, the whole vibe was just, quiet and just i wouldn't say dead but just calm the whole town i mean uh, it's like hardly anybody was even there it was almost like we were in a like a modern ghost town yeah no i agree it definitely was um one of the cool things that the um the owners ended up doing i think it was his daughter that actually agreed or 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 daughter-in-law that agreed to um, initially give us the tours because she used to at one point in time do the tours um so we ended up um meeting up at they have like a little museum area that has just tons and tons of amazing artifacts and um old replicas and and whatnot it's it was pretty awesome to be walk being able to walk through that stuff um typically i think they give you quite a bit of time to walk through it but due to the fact that there was the funeral and everything um this museum wasn't open and so they just kind of let us roam through it really quick um but i would love to go back again and go through that museum part because they, they, I don't know if you remember that, but they had a lot of stuff to look at. And I know we didn't even remotely get to a lot of it. Yeah. Still, it was just nice knowing that we had, it was the, uh, I don't know, I guess you can kind of say it. It was kind of a private uh, tour for the museum. Yeah, definitely. Um, Could the part the of family is so sweet that owns it. And I just, you know, some places like this, they're just about making money off of unfortunate death and ghosts and spirits and all of that. And this family, they really, I don't know, they have a sense of respect to them. And um, it's more about just getting the story out there because it's so bizarre and so wild, you know, and just kind of, it's, it's part of history. It's interesting. Yeah, just to stay the night there is like $700 a night, probably even more, but by now. Um, but yeah, it was not a cheap investigation. No. Um, but anyway, so when when we actually ended up driving to the location of the house, which is still in its original place and everything, um, 
they have a huge side yard. Um, and that's partly due to the fact that it was an actual farm at the time of the murders in 1912. So like they actually had, you know, chickens and I want to say goats or pigs or something other wild, uh, not wildlife, geez, wild. <laughs> I want to say that again, gosh, livestock. <laughs> Ugh. And um, just like you would expect from 1912, you know, they obviously they weren't able to just go downtown all the time to mm-hmm. pick up a loaf of bread or whatever. So like everything was made, obviously. Um, anyway, so they have this huge side yard and there's a pretty good size uh, sign up at the front and the our hostess, she suggested us kind of standing next to the sign to take a picture and she was kind of talking to us about different things that go on um, that people have seen just on the outside of the house let alone the stuff that actually goes on inside the house and I don't know if you remember Nick but you were like at one point in time you freaked out do you remember what you saw oh yeah I do Um, yeah around when we were looking around the sign got her picture taken at the sign and she was talking with us um i happened to look behind me because you know i was just walking around the area check scoping out the house and oh i should probably preface that this is like when the sun is beginning to set so it's still pretty bright out oh yeah um and so i was just watching as you were saying i was watching the the light with the sun coming down in the backyard and not far from us was a bar, the red barn that they had built for people to, you know, come and they don't want to stay in the house. They can stay in the barn. Um, that was where we set up headquarters, but between the, the back door of the house, um, that door leads to the kitchen. Um, right. And so between the, the house, the back door of the house and the barn, I saw a, like a, blonde short haired blonde little boy running down the ramp of the back door and then just like gone and i was just scoping everywhere and i was trying to get everyone's attention and just saying hey guys this is what i saw and that it, i have never in my life ever i it, it still it still bumbles my brain right now just seeing this little blonde kid running down the out from the back door and just vanish yeah it they actually have made the getting into the house wheelchair accessible so what you saw actually was on the little ramp that they used that they made i should say not used but made to go into the back door of the house Mm -hmm. Um, and they don't allow anybody coming in through the front end of the house at all um, everything coming in and out was always in the back door. So, um, yeah, it's when you when you said that, I was like, oh, because I kept for some reason, I kept getting pulled like to look over in that direction. And I just, you know, like sometimes you're just. You just get this feeling to continue watching or looking in a certain area, at least I do. I don't I don't know if this is something normal or not, but. Um, it was in that generic area where you had seen that little boy. Yeah. And so I'm curious. So I think it probably was either Boyd, the seven-year-old little 
uh, more child or Paul, the five-year-old more child. You know, and I've thought of that too, but the thing, what even kind of creepier about it is that uh, even though that the ramp had rails um, and you, you know, you could see the bottom of the ramp and whatnot, but the boy wasn't really even transparent. It's like you couldn't see through him. It seemed like that he was completely solid. But you, I did not notice any legs or feet running across down that ramp. But and it wasn't really that he just like vanished. I think it was more. I turned and I looked and I saw this kid running down the ramp. And then I happened to turn around to you guys to get your attention. The moment I looked back, he was gone, and he couldn't have been running fast enough to run past the barn because it wasn't. I mean, it, the barn wasn't like super close or anything. I mean, if I no. would have quickly turned and turned back, I would have seen him, but I didn't. He was just gone. Um, but I didn't see the bottom half of him on the ramp. Just this blonde-headed boy. And uh, it just puzzles me every day. That's awesome. That and, is really cool. And that's just the beginning of our little adventure there. Yes. So we were um, the, in the barn. They have converted it basically into like a crude kind of bunkhouse for investigators to place their equipment um kind of regroup they made a bathroom in there um and then uh on the walls throughout this little barn area you can go and sign and say a little something um which of course we did back in the day um and Anyway, so we placed all of our equipment and uh, like sleeping bags and other crap that we had in the barn. And if I remember right, the lady said that the barn was also haunted, but I don't remember who she claimed it was haunted by. Do you vaguely remember that? They have a swing that is attached to it that I know if you pick your feet up because we tested it, like all of us tested it. You sit down on the swing and you put your feet up and like, you know, naturally because you just sat down and you're moving and you're putting your feet up in that a swing, a porch swing is going to move. Right. Yeah. Well, if you kind of just let it settle and just sit there and don't move, it will all of a sudden begin to swing on its own. Mm-hmm. And we all tested this theory and it really did. And it would do like, it wouldn't swing always back and forth. Sometimes it swing like swing. Gosh, it would move like side to side. It was really interesting, and it wasn't the person sitting there. Right. Yeah, I think it was a. I think there was a time where uh, it started like swinging left and right to, and it was banging on the sidewall. Yeah, or- I think you're right. I. I, I wasn't, oddly enough, like, that didn't frighten me at all. I was, like, really intrigued by that. Um, I know another spirit that they claim hangs out outside the barn area there is, like, a little dog, which um, I don't, I, I don't think any of us ever had any experience with that at all. But I don't know that most of that night was, not all of it, but some of it was kind of a blur for me. So, um so anyway, so they <clears throat> they issued us all into the house and they had us all come into the living room. And the way that the living room is set up, 
So you come in through the kitchen and then immediately to your right is like a giant um, doorway. And like, so you enter into this like living room and there's, I believe a piano there or an organ. I can't remember what it is. I think it was a piano, right? Yes. Okay. A piano. Um, There was two couches kind of making an L shape. And one of the couches was um, up against the wall near the front door. And myself, I placed myself like right next to the front door on the end of that couch. Now the couch, uh, like all the furniture that's in there, they tried to get from the early 1900s. So it would be pretty accurate. Um, so the couch wasn't like, you know, super cushiony at all. It, um, had a wood, um, armrest and a wood backing to the back and then cushions that you would sit on and then one for your back as well, but nothing, nothing too elaborate. Um, there was also a chair that kind of matched that, that was, um, placed next to the other side of the front door and that's where our hostess sat to tell us the story of the murders um I so when we entered like you know old things kind of already sort of have like a a musty bizarre smell to them um and I don't know when we entered I smelled something like super irony and like tangy. It was really weird. Like to me, so I don't eat animals and most people that know me know that. Um, So like the smell of blood, like I notice it. Yeah. Like I I notice that. So did you just say sad? (laughs) It's sad that you don't eat meat. Oh, buddy. Anyway, that's a whole other discussion. (laughs) But, um, I like, obviously I knew about the murders prior to going, so I don't know if that was already just stuck in my head and that's why I thought I could smell it, but I kept hearing something upstairs and there's a vent that goes from the basement, which I'm guessing is where the, a wood burning stove would be like, or cellar. I shouldn't say basement, like more like a cellar underneath, um, And then there is a grate or a vent that is above you in the ceiling. And basically the purpose of that is that the heat would rise through that to the top. So that would also um, get heated in the wintertime. My grandparents' farm is built very much the same way. And so uh, I remember I kept looking at the grate in the ceiling. I just like I kept just like before I just kept getting pulled to stare at it for some reason. It was really weird. And I was trying to pay attention to this gal talking. Um, but I just kept, I don't know. I kept getting almost pulled and distracted by something like, like almost like an energy pull. I don't know how else to describe it other than, um, you know, that weird feeling you get when somebody's staring at you. It's kind of that feeling where you get that weird energy vibe and you're like, 
okay, I'm gonna look at you now, kind of thing. Yeah. But there was one point in the lady's story that I can't remember if it was you or if it was Amy. Um, but somebody had asked, you know, like, has anyone ever gotten hurt by the spirits here or anything? Cause there's a bunch of like balls and toys in all the rooms as well, because they Which say I'm just that- very anxious to talk about that part because, Oh my God, that was like the best part of the entire investigation. Yeah. Well that in the door. Yes. For yes, sure. definitely. For sure. And not to mention the, um, the baby monitor. So, um, Oh, the yeah, one that's so, screaming my name. Yeah, and like where I like heard things, and I was like, "Hey, who's uh upstairs playing with toys?" And you're like, "No one's up there." Right. But we'll get to that. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I so she was just like talking to us, and I was sitting there pretty calmly, and um she was telling us about how people have gotten scratched or slapped or pinched you know basic basic things like that and i i kind of began to feel like pretty antsy and i was just like okay i'm not no i'm not staying in here not doing it i don't think i can do it i don't think i could do it and i was like trying to calm myself down and trying to convince myself like no you really do want to be in here and there was just something that just kept telling me, no, you don't, you really don't want to be in here because you're going to get hurt. If you stay here, you're going to get hurt. If you stay here, you need to leave. Yeah. I mean, just the fact that you'd feel like, okay, somebody's watching you. Uh, Not only did you have that, it's like, there's also somebody watching you from another room. Yes exactly and knowing like you're the only ones that are there like (laughs) creepy yeah it's like you can stand there in the living room and then all of a sudden it's like well i feel like somebody's watching me but you don't feel like it's here but then when you look into the room you're like holy crap somebody's who's there you know and then you where you think someone's like standing right there the presence it's just it's all around you and from a distance so it was almost like you can't get out of it right yeah no you get it totally um so all of a sudden i felt and heard a loud smack of like a hand against the wood arm piece right next to me and i turned to ryan assuming that he I just missed out of the corner of my eye that he had, um, he's quite a bit taller and bigger than me. So I assumed that he had basically reached his arm to place behind me to get more comfortable. And I, w- I kind of said something to him. I'm like, was that you? And he goes, no, I thought it was you. And I'm like, it was not me. And I knew it wasn't the lady next to me. Cause she would have had to lean over and smack. Like I would have noticed that. So that right there, I felt like that was, that was my sign to not to be done, not come back in. I'm good. Mm, yeah. Bye. See ya. Um, and I think that was right about then that, you know, our little inside tour and it was getting dark and the lady's like, yep, I'm not going to be here after dark. See you guys later. Bye. <laughs> and as soon as we went outside, 
I, I don't know. I had a complete meltdown, which Nick, you have to agree. Like I don't have meltdowns that often, especially with hauntings. I'm all about going. I mean, like I might be frightened, might be like, Hey, this is not really a good idea, but I don't have like where I'm sobbing uncontrollable and like trying to call people to come pick me up when, you know, this is like a four hour drive away from where we live. Yeah. It's like so far, but felt so close. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, there's it, it, you, it was you and Saren that I was most focused and concerned about because no, I, I couldn't do anything. I mean, I couldn't even stick a, I couldn't even stick an iron rod up your ass and drag you in there. And it just, Oh yeah. No. It, it, you were like literally bolted to the ground. And I was concerned about, you know, another person there because of, you know, health factors. Uh, but you know, she trooper through with it really good. Uh, and, and nothing, no health problems happened out there, but, yeah, no matter what I did, I I couldn't get you to budge. And yeah, I was, fell. I was pretty much like, F you, Nick. I'm not going in there. I don't care. you like, someone's going to have to pick me up to drag me in there because I'm not going. <laughs> oh, and we tried, but then you, like, damn near gouged our eyes out. So we, <laughs> like, this, we're not bringing Laura. She's not going in. Yeah, so what we decided, what we wanted to do for the team anyway, was do, like, a live feed on facebook and that's what we ended up doing right but we had to release it periodically through facebook because this was at the peak of when the live feature was open on facebook yes that is also very true very true um so i think it was you ryan and it might have been just you and Ryan who went in first. Maybe you, Ryan, and Amy. I'm not exactly sure. But I remember Sarian stayed with me. And I think that new guy stayed outside with us as well. But I could be wrong. Um, and I think you guys went in and tried doing, like, EVP stuff. Yeah, because I wanted to go in there by myself. But then when I got halfway up the ramp... Um... I decided I wanted Ryan to come with me because it's just the it's, we were just the right up there at the door. And you're like, oh, I can do this. I'm a man. I got this. Uh, no, fuck this. Hey, Ryan. Yeah, seriously. Like the whole vibe in that building or even just like right next to it really changes after dark. And, you know, I don't know that could be psychosomatic because it is nighttime. Uh, but I, I don't think it is. I clearly there is some spirit that is there, if not multiple spirits. Yeah, and just like you know, and it kind of reminds me back of um, from one of the books that I wrote that the very first words are, "A house does not have to be old to be haunted, and a haunting doesn't happen on command." So, just because you know, anytime you go to the Veliskax murder house, doesn't mean that you know. Nothing, there's going to be many times that nothing happened. We just so happened a lot of things happened that night. Right. And, you know, honestly, um, I've talked to other people that have gone, other teams that have gone, and they've had 
almost complete opposite uh, experiences than we did. So it, it is something different every time for everyone. I think that the energy of the people going, the energy of the day, and the energy of the spirit alone, like, it all kind of varies. Yeah, uh, because... Like I said, you have that moment where you're just like, I got this. Oh, man, I can deal with it. What the heck is wrong with you, Laura? You're just a chicken shit. The moment I get to that door and that's when I had to call Ryan, like, <laughs> you know, bro, you're coming with me. <laughs> and I knew I was like on to something when, you know, Syrian and even that new guy were kind of like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of rethinking this a little bit, too. I'm. I'm not really feeling like I want to participate as much as I thought I did. Um, yeah. <laughs> Just so that the listeners are aware, I'm pretty much the guy that, um, um, I, I, well, you know. Let's face <sighs> it, you antagonize. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. I antagonize. And I always try to encourage everyone to, to, just go forward and what happens happens and because you know a ghost won't hurt you but that's never really the problem it's more of the the factor and the effect that it does to your body and mind and i don't mean body like you know a weakling i'm talking like your electromagnetic energy that lives with you every single day of your life it like alters you physically and it's like, hey, I got this. And then you get there. It's like, oh, I touched something. I'm not dealing with this. And all the way to sounding like, um, okay, you know, when you watch those ghost shows and you see people, oh, I don't know why they're screaming because they heard a voice or they heard a noise. That's the effect I'm talking about because you're not there. When you're there, it totally turns you into a totally different person. Oh, definitely. I mean, the you same... The same thing could be said for like any, any major encounter with, with uh, anything paranormal or really anything that could be memorable, to be honest. Like you don't know, you can say that you would react a certain way, but until you're actually forced to be in that situation, you don't know how you would react. Yeah, and I don't mean any disrespect to any of the listeners or people who claim to be psychics and mediums. It's not anything like where they say, the veil has opened. It's a portal to the what? No, it's not even anything like that. It's like, it's like this time where I died and I came back to life. And... I'm not the same person as I was before until like you get far enough into this situation to where you're like, you, uh, you, you, you lose. Okay. There we go. That you, you lose track of time. Time doesn't even exist. It's like everything pauses. I'm in one room because the moment I remember I get into that kitchen and I'm there with Ryan and um, this is this is where I'm going with the whole psychics saying things like, you know, the veil to the paranormal world, the, gate, oh, the gateway opened. It's 
not. It's it's just when I got into the kitchen for the first time, finally with Ryan, and we're starting to do this EVP, and I have we have the recorders on hand. Ryan and I are both standing there. We ask a simple question, and just long pauses because the biggest rule about doing electronic voice phenomenon recordings is you ask a question, you can wait anywhere from ten to. 15 seconds to ask the next question or even repeat the question if you need to. We're standing there and we ask one question and I swear to you 15 minutes had gone by before Ryan and I had even said anything or done anything. Mm -hmm. And so we play back um, a, a little bit of uh time or not no that was before afterwards um so you know we asked the next question we're still in this kitchen and then ryan's like hello who's there and at that time after hearing ryan say it then i started hearing what he heard somebody was coming down the stairs oh. so that was when ryan and i just quickly just to be on the safe side because we didn't know if the neighbor was still there because he was kind of no disrespect but he was drunk because of it was the homeowner's funeral that day um, we heard footsteps coming down the stairs. That was when Ryan and I came outside and then you were saying, no, I'm sorry. Saren was approaching the door and she goes, well, that was quick. And Ryan and I like, what are you talking about? We've been in there for like 20 minutes. And then Saren's like, no, you guys haven't even been in there for two minutes. That was when we went back inside and we've been inside the entire night. Yeah. So, um, what, what exactly happened? I know you guys kind of planted yourself in, I think it was one of the bedrooms or maybe it was just down in the, um, in the living room. I'm not exactly sure where you were at, but you, you were playing, you were getting the spirits, the children's spirits to play with the, um, the toys, the balls. Yes. That was when we, um, so might as well add that a lot of these uh, events that happen, they're going to be at different times because it's hard to remember what we did first and what we did next. But the balls was definitely before the door incident. But uh, oh, yeah, because at this time, when when I came outside with Ryan and Saren said that we've only been there for like not even a couple minutes, because to us, it felt like a while. And we went upstairs uh, well, we, we first, you know, scanned around in the in the kitchen and the pantry room and then across to the living room and into the blue room, which the blue room was the guest bedroom uh, where two of the neighbor girls were murdered on the night of this whole case. Right. Ina was, and Lena. Yes. And they were just staying the night. Um, we Because we kind of meddled around in there and we put a century light in there. And then we went up the stairs and we put a sentry light on the bottom, a sentry light up on the top of the stairs, and then one right around the corner because the stairs kind of come around in like a like a, a curve and oh, then yeah. a, a sharp jolt to the left. So we had three sentry lights going all the way up. And so we would just kind of determine or kind of test to see if anyone's coming up or down the lights in that frequent well uh in that order will let us know which direction they're coming so we set those up and then we walked down the hallway because once you get to the top of the stairs that's where mother and father were killed because that was like its own bedroom 
then down a short hallway on the left there is a door that leads to the cellar or the uh, attic attic yeah yeah and then we go into the kids room um we set up shop in there um and i mean like we had the um we had the the spirit box in the middle of the room ryan sitting on I think he's sitting on a chair. We we have it on video and it is up on our Facebook page. Um, Ryan is sitting in a chair. Saren is sitting on the bed next to me and I'm sitting on a rocking chair. And uh, Ryan and I were, all three of us were, were asking random questions, trying to communicate, um, asking the more kids if, uh, you know, hey, if you're here, give us a sign. Can you talk to us? Tell us what you want. What's going on? How are you doing? You know, like a normal conversation with you as you would with a kid. Right. Then all of a sudden you hear Ryan get, shh, shh, shh. do you hear that? And then Sharon and I both heard, and you hear this, this rolling sound. It was like just going yeah. down, coming from Ryan. It, it was a, a blue, like, the blue plastic ball that was that rolled from underneath Ryan's chair, past the across the room, past the um, the spirit box, and underneath the bed that Saren was sitting on, and then it rolls and stops right underneath me when I was sitting in that rocking chair, and we asked. Is that one of you kids? I, I don't remember who it was. I just remember one of the others was saying, is that you uh, playing with that ball? And Ryan makes one of those blue ball jokes. And we laughed about it. But then Saren uh, kind of like lurched forward, still sitting in the bed, but like her body like leaned forward and lurched. And she's like, ow. And I was like, you know, hey, are you okay? And Ryan and I looked. She goes, yeah, I just got this electric shock up my back and we looked and she had like a, uh, a straight line all the way from the center of her um, uh, shoulder blades coming all the way down to her uh, the top of her rear end and she said it just feels like an electric shock so I'm can I can only assume that if it was anything paranormal that maybe that she was touched directly by something paranormal because you you have no other choice but to add up the elements you have this ball rolling around the, in the room stops underneath and all of a sudden whoop, there you go i'm gonna swipe up your back right that was also one of the things that the lady had mentioned to us was um you know people having markings and that on them when they've um been in the house uh-huh yeah i'm you know, and I, I believe that was the only incident where somebody was physically harmed uh, in that room. Right. With, and so we tried a little bit of the whole, you know, hey, are you in the closet? Can you make the closet door open? And still trying to get, we got a few responses out of the spirit box. And uh, when we were asking, um, is there anybody else in this house? We're trying to get it that if there's anybody else who was involved in the murder who killed you were any of you were 
any of you able to see who did this to you? And it sounded like it came from the distance, but it, it came from the spirit box. But we heard what sounded like coming from a difference. We heard the word through the spirit box, reverend. And then Ryan's like, did he just say reverend? And I was like, I think he did say reverend. Because at that time during the trial of the murderer, uh, the suspects, um, one of the suspects was a traveling reverend. Right. Who would travel from, from uh, town to town on a train to, uh, you know, reverend stuff. Yeah, I think he was the one that was helping out with um, the Children's Day um, thing that was going on at the Presbyterian Church that um, mm-hmm. the whole family plus the uh, two young girls um, went to. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and I kind of got to thinking that at, at this time, there was another murder involved in another town off the top of my head right now i can't think of it because it wasn't anything that we worked on but if you look up if you do a little history on the murders of 1912 traveling reverend the reverend who was involved with this who could have been involved with or uh, who could have done the murders in Valeska because he was also a suspect in another town that he was just previous previously at and right. There was him and um, I believe a hobo that they, um, which I know is uh, an offensive term. However, that's what they list him as. Um, Especially back then. So, yeah, yeah. But like the train tracks were not very far from this house. Um, yeah. No, that's the one thing that a lot of people don't understand is with, I mean, yeah, I mean, it might be offensive to some people, but there is a big difference between a bum or no, I take the back. Sorry, there's a big difference between a homeless person and a hobo. And a hobo is, well, you pretty much travel around on a train. <laughs> um, yeah. You travel from place to place, and you're just living off the grid. So right. we just have to use it as historically accurate. So a hobo is what it was. Right. So um, one of the other things that happened that night was we had a baby monitor, which... Um, you guys left upstairs in the room and we had it on. I had the other half and then we all had walkies to communicate back and forth. And, um, you know, I could kind of hear you guys every now and then outside, which um, that just kind of, you know, it just kind of dawned on me a little bit of realization. Um, You know, you guys weren't, horribly loud by no means um but i could outside without the help of the walkie i could hear you guys you know do some loud exclamations like oh my gosh did you see that holy crap or whatever you know so the i guess the point that i'm trying to make is um if I could hear you, then is it possible that when these murders were happening, someone out there heard them screaming? 
could be very possible because they were pretty, I mean, they weren't thick walls. No, no. And I know that the house, um, like I said, the families really tried hard to keep it as historically accurate as they possibly can. There is no electricity to the house whatsoever. Um, mm-hmm. So do keep that in mind <laughs> when you go, especially in the summertime, there is no air conditioning um, and there's no lights anywhere. You have to obviously bring flashlights. Um, but anyway, so I remember like all of a sudden hearing this tune and this like musical tune that I heard kind of sounded like something from a little kid's toy or possibly, um, someone's at the time, it was really big to have cell phones that had cute little tunes to them when somebody called. Um, and I actually had a phone that would play like crickets and, um, that, there's a video of me explaining all of this cause we were really excited when we heard it. Um, but I remember that there was like a short little, like I said, musical tune that I heard and, I, I thought one of you guys were playing with some of the toys that were there. Cause I didn't know if, if there were um, electronic toys that somebody had left. And I asked you guys, Hey, Hey, is that you? And cause it was really quiet at that moment. And you guys were like, what? No, why? What's going on? And I was like, um, no, you guys aren't like playing with your phones or playing, you know, with the kids' toys or anything? Like, did you not hear that? And everyone's like, no, we're just sitting here trying to do some EVP work in the, you guys were in the um, living room. And I was like, oh, okay, so no one is upstairs? And you're like, no. And I think, if I remember right, one of those lights, um, came on yes go um, ahead. yeah I, yeah because when that light came on and you were telling us about a light you went up there when playing back one of the videos which i believe i also have that up on the facebook page um yeah the paranormal lights facebook page yeah yes. um we're doing a evp session in the blue room um but we we thought nothing of it. We're asking questions. And then you were asking questions. We heard you asking, you know, radio. And it's like, hey, are you guys, do you guys hear this music or whatever? And we're like, no. In the video, you hear that music. And oh. uh, you hear one of us responding, do you hear that? And it's just like, done. It just stopped playing. We didn't hear like all of this music playing that you were describing, but when we, that was when somebody said, I think it was me. Maybe it was me. I said, do you hear that? But when you're playing the video, you hear that music in the background and it's twinkle, twinkle, little star. Oh yeah. I think you're right. I think it was twinkle, twinkle, little star. Yeah. And you were asking if anybody hears that. And then I asked, do you guys hear that? And bing, that was the last ping. It was just done. And that kind of got me remembering about 
when we went back outside because I had gone through, I think I was coming back outside with Theron and no, we were, we went up stairs because we checked that was, I'm sorry. That was at that time we were going up to check on that light that you were saying, is there anybody upstairs? And then we go upstairs um, and we're, um, me, Amy, and Ryan. Ryan goes back into the kids' room and he's trying to do another EVP session on he's he's got his camera hooked up, set up on a tripod, trying to get the kids' door to move on its own. Just making commands, just having conversations, says, you know, hey, is there anybody here? Give us a sign, you know, the tip, you know, back to that normal routine. Then Amy is between we're, we're in the hallway. And we're, we're just in the hallway and I'm like watching and Amy's on my right. And then on the right of her, Ryan's in the other room. And you can hear Ryan on, on the camera that I'm using that I have up on our Paranormalized Facebook page. You hear Ryan saying, we'd like to get you to close this. Can you make this door move? And I am focusing on the camera. I'm focusing it on um, the the attic door now it's not one of those attic doors that you just pull from the top it's one that you have to turn the knob and walk right in into the door right if well, i remember right, you were walking towards it yes in the video. And, yes the door was wide open and i was slowly um walking towards the door trying to figure out you know hey i is there somebody in there kind of feeling um, if there was something that came upstairs to turn on that light, could it be, could it be the killer hiding in the storeroom or storeroom in the attic? Then I'm walking towards the door and Amy's right next to me. She's eyeballing this whole thing with her camera. And you hear Ryan in the background. I'd like to see you shut this door. Wham! Bang! Slam! The that attic door just slammed shut, and then it swung right back open, and it stopped right where it was open in the first place. Like it didn't bounce off the wall or nothing. It bounced off closing, and it swung right back open. And then I hear immediately uh, on camera, like I did not notice this at first on the camera, but I'll get to that in a second. That uh, right after that door slammed shut damn near hitting my camera lens almost knocked it out of my hands um i'm like oh shit and then i'm back smacked against the wall in the hallway and amy's like what the frick was that and ryan's like what the hell was that you know and we're saying well, the door and then that's when you come radioing because you thought somebody shot the gun yeah it sounded so loud I was like, what the heck is going on in there, guys? Yeah, and at this time, and you can hear me on on, on the video, it's like, oh, gosh, it's just something. Because well, I'm only saying something about, like, man, you had to hold in a fart or something. Oh, I, don't I, remember now. I, like, I really had to fart, and it went back in. Because they say the quirkiest things to calm the nerves. I know. And I just, like, I know that particular video, you can hear me radioing going, hey, guys, what's going on in there? Yeah. And it was, uh, it, and, and at that time when you're radioing, because um, I had I played back on the video, um, the door slams shut, swings right back open, stops right where it started. 
And you hear me going, oh, shit. And then you hear someone say, no, maybe it was before the. No, it was after all that. Oh, shit. You hear a voice. You The camera picked up an EVP that said, shh, quiet. And you see a. Oh, yeah. And, and before you hear the quiet, the door slams shut. It stops. I'm back. Oh, shit. You see a shadow running towards the camera and darts off to the right into the other room. And then you hear, shh, quiet. Yep. Yeah, I do remember hearing that EVP. Hmm. Fun yeah. night. That was a wild night. I I know that there's got to be more that w- you guys encountered while being inside there. Well, there was that was down. Um, we tried to look for that blue ball that was rolling around oh, to yeah. see if communicate and talk and say, hey, who wants to play with this ball? Well, the ball was not underneath the rocking chair. The ball was not underneath the bed. It was not an, it wasn't anywhere. We could not, we found multiple balls in there, like a big ball, small ball, little ball. Um, yeah. Like it disappeared. Right. And so we couldn't find it anywhere. And then, so we did our little EVP and, and whatnot. And we went back downstairs and by this time, um, the other two, um, uh, Amy and the other guy were downstairs in the blue room. And when we came down into the kitchen, uh, Saren's point, she was like, what the frick is that? Then I turned my flashlight over into the pantry room. The ball from upstairs was downstairs in the pantry in the kitchen underneath the bottom of the lowest shelf. Hmm. I'm thinking... How the hell could that have got down there? Unless it's somebody around in here uh, might have moved or moved it around. But what are yeah. the odds to know if it was even that toy? Um, so we that was when we started doing some more of the investigation around in the room. And I think it was you that was saying, "No, I come outside because I'm I'm nerve wracked about the door. I'm nerve wracked about the, the ball coming from upstairs disappearing, and it's downstairs in the cellar." Uh, in the pantry room. So I come outside and I make the stupidest comment. Like it's hotter than a popcorn fart. And uh, it has, you were saying no. Cause yeah. Cause I'm saying that and I'm coming out here just to get out for a little bit. I needed some fresh out, uh, fresh air. I've been in there for several hours. And then all of a sudden I'm getting radio calls from, uh, from like two other people saying, Hey, Nick, you need to hear this. You need to come back. It's calling for you. And I'm like, what the hell? I know. Then Cause my- you, if I remember it, you were like, yeah, I'm done in there. I can't go back in there. That's I'm, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't until Ryan turned on his radio and, and you can hear um, one of the EVP boxes were saying, Nick, Nick, Nick. Nick, just over and over and over like no other sounds were being made so i go back inside and i'm like what the hell's going on and ryan's like no this thing's calling your name and i was the moment i walked into the blue room where the two neighbor kids were murdered nothing it just went to straight static yeah that's wild yeah and by this time i'm thinking something's gonna happen so we went and sat in the living room I'm on the couch, big hoss is on the couch, Ryan's not that far from me, Amy's across, Saren's in another place, and then I 
I think at this time, by then, Amy went outside to meet up with you. I think it was either her or someone. But anyways. Yeah, because that was one of the stipulations was that if I was going to stay there, even though I was going to be outside, I was not going to be alone. Someone else was going to be outside with me. Right. So I know I I, know, I remember that somebody had to go, somebody went out there with, for, with you and we cut, which is also on video on our paranormal Lights Facebook page. Um, we captured a video because I, I did not notice it at first while they're in the whole thing. We're just talking. Anybody here? How you doing? What's your birthday? You know, boom, boom, boom. Now let me hear say, well, you know, that kind of a thing that we're just goofing off. Mm-hmm. And then but. Nothing really much. We had plenty of light. We're making conversation and playing back the video. We're having our normal conversation. And I said, hello. Shortly after I say hello on camera, you see what looks like two human eyes with pupil and all just appear from out of nowhere staring right into the camera and slowly closes its eyes yes that is that a was, weird video that was, yeah that was the most beautiful apparition i have ever seen of somebody's eyes just appear looking right at me and then closes her eyes and disappears and then shortly after that as you can see in the video a white full body apparition walks from the kitchen and walks right into the blue room and disappears a full a bright white full body apparition walking from the kitchen into the bedroom and it was clearly right there in the living room as it walked past us right after we saw those eyes that was 100% the most beautiful full body apparition image that we have ever captured on any of our investigations. <laughs> and you can see all those videos on paranormal lights at Facebook. Definitely. Yeah. I, you know, honestly, I don't, I mean, obviously there is, there are spirits that are there, but I think that from all of the people that walk through that um, place all the time, and give their energy to it it just helps amplify everything um and so i think that honestly if you have a paranormal group that you're a part of uh, this should be one of your places that you go to um you're bound to honestly have some type of experience there i can't tell you it'll be good i can't tell you it'll be bad um but there will be most definitely something that happens that you cannot explain Right. And even if you do go out there and nothing happens at all, don't be discouraged. It's, you know, the feeling alone of the place is, I would say, enough to at least go and check it out. Yeah. And always be careful with what you're doing, because, you know, sometime after we went, there was somebody that was, um, well, ended up stabbing himself in the house because he felt that or he said he was possessed by something now. Personally, he was just batshit crazy, but you still have to be careful with what you may or may not be dealing with there. Oh, very true. Very true. And if it's not paranormal, then it's probably a mental psychotic. And this place really does mess with you. And it does. If, if you don't capture anything on your investigation, 
Well, that doesn't mean it's not haunted. It's just, like I said, a haunting doesn't happen on command. Right. I mean, I I know I've made the comment multiple times, and I'm sure people are sick of hearing about it, but really spirits are just people without meat suits. And so, <laughs> you know, I, if I was a spirit, I wouldn't want somebody all the time constantly going make the ball roll turn the lights on and off shut the door like you know that's going to get old after a while yeah we were just lucky that the ball was rolling on its own we're lucky that the ball disappeared on its own and i was extremely lucky that the door was well i guess i should add about the door that the reason why the door slammed shut was because that at that point of the investigation I was taunting it. I was calling it a cowardly, yellow belly piece of shit, jerk ass, murderous, son of a bitch, and stuff like that. You name it. I was pissing it off. And that's when I got the door slammed on me. Damn right. Near, yeah, damn near shit my pants. <laughs> but just be um, careful what you're taunting. <laughs> oh, for sure. So would you ever go back again? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's I, just like the investigation. I'm mixed on that, but Go ahead. Well, it, it's just like our our um, our usual paranormal investigations at Wilderness. Something keeps drawing you near. And the only reason why we keep doing the investigation at Wilderness is because, well, it's here. Right. And That'll have to be another, uh, another episode for sure. And that could actually be a continuous episode because I, even when nothing happens, I still get people wanting me to take them there. Oh, yeah. 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 All right. Well, we have reached the hour mark and I, you know, I think that we told our listeners the crazy things that have happened to us here at there at Villisca. Um, And um, yeah, be sure to check out those videos. Um, I may post one or two on the um, not quite cold facebook page as well if you would like to check those out um but feel free to also check out the paranormal lights facebook page and um also you know if you like i've mentioned before if you want to look up about staying the night at the Velisca house or even just taking a day tour or um you just want to learn more about it go to VeliscaIowa.com. That's V-I-L-L-I-S-C-A-I-O-W-A dot com. All right, buddy. Well, it has been a lot. What? Make sure you're saying Velisca, not Velveeta. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) All right, buddy. Well, as always, it has been a blast. And I can't wait to talk more spooky things with you. Definitely. Anytime. All right. Take care now. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. I just want to thank you again for listening. Maybe next time, don't listen after dark. Keep a light on and a blanket close. And, you know, perhaps remember to always lock your doors. Although, that doesn't always stop them. But it might stop them enough for you to realize that someone else 
is in the house with you. Have a great day or night. And if you have a paranormal encounter, I want to hear from you. You can email me at notquitecoldpodcast at gmail.com. And if you have any great show ideas, I'm all ears. Once again, you can email me at notquitecoldpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, and be sure to listen to the next episode in two weeks. I have collaborated with my friend Shauna and Billy, and we are starting a new segment. I believe that we are going to be calling it Wine and Witchery. You won't want to miss it. Have a good one.